society. What's going on everybody? It's Alex Fishbein with the Atlantic Files back again and we have an emergency podcast episode for you guys. But first, uh, we are brought to you by Basketball Society by way of the Deepish Thoughts, Thoughts Podcast Network and we are presented by MAGX12. If you guys play pickup games, if you guys, you know, go to work out regularly, if you play competitively, and I'm talking basketball, really any kind of sport, uh, if, if you ask me, you got to use this new product called Magnificent Magnesium Cream. It is all natural. There is nothing artificial in this product. It has magnesium, coconut oil, shea butter, and essential oils. There are no pills involved. And what this is, it is a transdermal magnesium made to be rubbed directly onto your sore muscles. It helps with inflammation. It helps you so that the next day after you play basketball, after you work out, whatever it may be, you are not feeling as sore as you usually do. Uh, it, it works wonders. I use it myself, and it has worked great for me. You can check them out at www.magx12.com. That is M-A-G-X-1-2.com. And they have a special going for August only. If you purchase a 4-ounce jar of the peppermint-infused cream and use the coupon code SOCIETY, that's S-O-C-I-E-T-Y, then you will receive free shipping. Just make sure it is that 4-ounce peppermint-infused cream and you use that coupon code SOCIETY. So, as I said, emergency episode. And I'm pretty sure you all know why. Kyrie Irving has officially been traded to the Boston Celtics for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Zizic, the rookie they just drafted, and the Nets pick in 2018. I mean, finally, this trade has happened. We've been talking about this trade for a while now. Ever since that news leaked that Kyrie Irving demanded a trade, it's felt like ages, really, since he actually said that, and now that he's finally being dealt. It it, it really finally... It's almost like a relief. It's like, alright, we don't really have to worry about any blockbuster trades for now. Now that this trade has happened, we can get our thoughts out on it, and we can, you know, roll with this and see what happens when the season starts. Um, now, there's a lot of stuff surrounding this that has been pretty funny so far, if you ask me. So, I know that Rudy Gobert retweeted the tweet that Isaiah Thomas sent out to first recruit Gordon Hayward. It was just like a bunch of shamrocks and then trophies and then it had like a saxophone with a guy saying no, just showing to come to the Celtics and don't stay with the Jazz. Uh, so it's pretty ironic there now that Isaiah Thomas gets dealt. And then when you think about the fact that the Cavs traded the number one pick in the 2011 draft for the last pick in the 2011 draft, who will now start over the 2011 MVP in Derrick Rose. 
I mean, like these storylines just write themselves. Like this is this is crazy. Um, I, I never knew <laughs> that you could have so many things in the same year, so many players from the same year. Well, that have something to do with the same year would all be in one specific deal like this. Um, it's pretty crazy that also the, the, the Cavaliers have now gotten rid of their three number one draft picks since LeBron left the Cavs. That would be Kyrie Irving, Anthony Bennett, which I mean, you can count him if you really feel like it, but it almost feels like you shouldn't count and Andrew Wiggins. So now all three of those guys are gone. LeBron is back. They still have Kevin Love. And now they have Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder to go along with them. And they have a little insurance to go along with it. If LeBron does decide to walk, they do have, which will probably be a top pick in the 2018 draft. Now, seeing that it's the Nets pick, it'll most likely be like top five. And, you know, say they get the number one, number two pick, that means they could get a guy like Bagley. They could get a guy like Porter Jr. to, like, automatically start that rebuild right away. So the the Cavs really got away with some highway robbery, if you ask me. They still get a starting point guard. They get a defensive-minded wing, which they really needed in Jay Crowder. They get Zizic, who, I mean, hey, you can see if he pans out, see if he doesn't, really no harm or foul either way. And then you get that insurance pick of a pretty nice pick next year. So say LeBron walks, you still got Kevin Love, you still got Isaiah Thomas if you re-sign him. If not, you can decide to let Isaiah Thomas walk. You can trade Kevin Love for probably some more picks. And then you already have that Nets pick right there to start the rebuild off and just start from square one and get yourself rolling right away. So the Cavs really gave themselves options to work with now going forward if LeBron does decide to walk. If he doesn't, hey, you can either use that pick to trade for somebody else. You can use that pick for a guy that could come in and help you right away like Porter or Bagley and that could learn a lot under LeBron's tutelage. I mean, like I said, there's a, there's a plethora of ways here. Now, let's address something here. A lot of people are saying... You know, the Celtics got a lot better. Let's slow our roll a little bit there. Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas are a lot closer in talent than people keep making it out to be. People keep saying, you know, Kyrie is far and above better than Isaiah Thomas. They say Isaiah Thomas is a liability on defense because of his size. They say this and that about, you know, maybe the, like their three-point shooting, uh, things like that. Let's give respect where respect is due. Isaiah Thomas was thought of as a MVP candidate last year. Whereas Kyrie Irving wasn't even, you know, in anybody's second thoughts of MVP candidacy. I know 
a lot of it is due to playing with LeBron. Anyone who plays with LeBron, you're probably not going to be looked at as an MVP candidate. Not even guys like Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh were when they were in Miami. But Isaiah Thomas playing less minutes per game on a team where he needed to be the number one scorer scored on average four more points a game. And yes, Kyrie Irving did shoot better from three-point. He shot 40% while Isaiah Thomas shot 38%. And Kyrie shot 47% while Isaiah shot 46% from the field. And they averaged pretty much the same field goals made per game and field goals attempted per game. The only difference was Kyrie Irving was .3 higher in both. So, like I said... This is a lot closer than people thought. Effective field goal percentage-wise, Isaiah did better with five, with 54.6 compared to, compared to 53.5. Isaiah Thomas was getting to the line twice as much as Kyrie Irving. Both of them were shooting around 90%. On the assist side, both of them were averaging almost 6 assists per game. Kyrie Irving was 5.8. Isaiah was 5.9. Irving had a little bit more rebounds because he's a bigger guy. He had just a tad more steals in there as well. Like, these two guys are really as close as it gets, especially when you compare the season they had last year. And then when you look at offensive rating, Isaiah was a 122, Kyrie was a 116. They had the same exact defensive rating at 112. So we know that they're both not good defenders. Like, we talk about... Uh, Isaiah Thomas being a liability on defense because of his size. But please do not act like Kyrie Irving is some kind of elite defender. Just, just don't because he's nowhere close. And yes, he is bigger, so I guess it gives him a little bit more in that area of the, his contest might be a little bit better just because he's a bigger guy. But we still see point guards, you know, play pretty well against Kyrie Irving because he's not the defender that is going to really shut anybody down. As far as efficiency rating wise, Kyrie was a 23.0, Isaiah was a 26.5. True shooting, Isaiah was over 60%, Kyrie was at 58. So there's like I can go on and on and on about these stats. Kyrie Irving overall had a better year last year. Just plain and simple, overall had a better season last season. So, all right, for the people who are like, well, that's just one season, blah, blah, blah. Let's move on to career numbers then. Because, like I said, they're both from the same draft. Isaiah Thomas already played more games, more availability. Um, Kyrie was, you know, injury prone for a lot of his early career, and he's been in and out a lot. Um, but I might add that throughout this deal, it came out that Boston was pretty worried about uh, Isaiah Thomas's hip injury. Uh, we, we haven't really seen exactly how severe that might be. So yeah, that could play a big factor in why Boston wanted to ship him out of there. But that's really a kind of wait and see kind of thing to see if that flares up on him. Because so far, like I said, he's played more games than Kyrie. Hasn't averaged as many minutes because, you know, he really had to prove himself being the last pick in the draft. And when he went to 
Phoenix, they had three point guards there, and you know he had to share time with Dragic and Brandon Knight as well. So um, he wasn't really given the keys to the team when he first started, as Kyrie was. Uh, anyway, so we're looking at the the career numbers here, field goal percentage wise. Kyrie still has the the edge there by about one point four percent. Three point percentage, Kyrie's around a thirty eight. Isaiah is around a 37. Uh, effective field goal. Isaiah's beaten Kyrie by just a little bit, by a fraction of point. Free throw percentage. They're both at 87%. Assists. They're both at five. Steals. They're both at one. Rebounds. They're almost both at three. And then points per game. Kyrie's averaging 21. If you want to round up, 22. And then Isaiah's at 19. So, like I said, these guys are are not that far apart and people keep people just keep acting like these guys are world's different players they pretty much play the same kind of style of ball too and the thing is Kyrie isolated a lot more last season than Isaiah Thomas did and Kyrie was not needed to be the number one guy as often as Isaiah Thomas. So, when you factor that into this whole equation of which team is really going to improve more, well, you have to look at the fact that when LeBron is handling the ball more often, when he's the initial playmaker more often... Cleveland is usually doing better. So, throw into the fact that Isaiah Thomas isn't isoing as much as Kyrie Irving, is more adept to hitting shots off of the screen, catch and shoot opportunities, and getting to the free throw line more often. You get a guy who fits better alongside LeBron than Kyrie. That's just that's just what happens. When you have a guy who can work very well and more often off the ball, he's going to easily work better with LeBron James. I mean that I mean it's not rocket science. I, I I'm pretty sure most of you guys listening right now already knew that. But I just want to reiterate that because of the fact that everyone's saying oh well the Celtics are the ones that got worlds better the Celtics are probably the ones going to the finals we still have to see the Celtics prove that they can beat LeBron James four games in a series because the last time that that happened pretty sure that it was the Celtics big three with Kevin Garnett Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and while yes Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward and Al Horford are some really good players I'm I'm give them that (laughs) they are nowhere close to the big three Celtics from 2008 nowhere close and if someone tries to tell you that they're close please look them in the face shake your head Say that their argument is already invalid and just walk away. You don't need that kind of mind-numbing 
time-wasting debate in your life. You just don't need that. Just walk away from it because obviously anything that they're going to say, you don't need to listen to. So, sorry, getting off topic here a little bit. Going back to Kyrie uh, versus Isaiah Thomas here. So, as I was saying, career-wise, even go to per 36 minutes, they're almost identical in every single stat. The only like the biggest difference is like a a tenth or like a few tenths of a point away in points, in assists, in steals, in rebounds. Um, even in turn, they're they're the exact same in turnovers. A two point eight. Like these guys have the same exact game. They're the same type of scorer. One shoots a little bit more efficiently but takes more shots. The other one gets to the line more often. Doubly as often, I might add. And even when you go to offensive rating, Isaiah's got the better offensive rating. Defensive rating, Kyrie's got two points better in that. But like I said, size does count for something. Uh, Box plus minus, they're almost the same exact thing. Value over replacement player. They are 1.3 points away from each other in value over replacement player win shares Isaiah has more than Kyrie does when Kyrie was on a terrible team usually you get tons of win shares on those kind of teams because you're the one doing all the work even then Isaiah has more win shares he has more win shares per 48 um Kyrie has a little bit more defensive Isaiah has a lot more offensive player efficiency rating Kyrie's a 21.3 Isaiah's a 21.0 True shooting percentage, Isaiah is 2.4% better in true shooting. I mean, honestly, there are so many things I can keep going for. The only time it gets to be uh, like a, a night and day kind of difference is the playoffs because Isaiah hasn't played as many games. He hasn't gotten to play with LeBron yet. He hasn't gotten to play with a true championship contending team yet and even then you look at playoffs per game they're still really close Isaiah averages more assists per game this time like a a good amount more and his shooting percentages weren't as high but points per game they're not even a full point off steals per game they're not even a full steal off rebounds per game they're the exact same like these guys are so close to each other in terms of stats, in terms of style of play, that the Cavs may not miss a beat. Like, when they step out on the floor, sure, they'll look different. Sure, they might play a little bit differently now that they have a guy in Isaiah Thomas who works more off the ball, or who can work more off the ball, and they now have a defensive-minded wing in Jay Crowder who can play three and some four and and even keep up with some twos. Now that they have those guys, they might look a little different. But I, I'm thinking right now that they're really not going to miss a beat. They're just not going to. Because if you really need a guy to ISO and get a bucket, Isaiah can still be that guy as well. So, I've, I, I really fail to see this huge difference between the two players that apparently everyone else is seeing. Now, don't get me wrong. Boston is still going to be 
a very improved team. I kind of wish Isaiah was still there because I feel like Isaiah's ability to play off the ball is going to give or was going to give Boston a better team ball style of play. And I think that plays more into their hands with guys like Gordon Hayward and um, Al Horford. But at the same time, Kyrie Irving still gives them that number one scorer and a guy that can still defer to other players as he learned to do with LeBron and Kevin Love and J.R. Smith and those guys like he's learned to really get more in people uh, more people involved in the offense than he did from his early days in Cleveland where he was like the literally the only guy on the team and it was kind of like yo Kyrie just, just go do your thing and uh we'll just try and do whatever we can around that now after playing with LeBron and them he knows what it takes to really get his team more involved and get to that championship level again. So I think this whole thing has helped Kyrie mature and in turn will help him thrive in Boston. Now, Boston's defense is taking a huge hit in my eyes. They lost Avery Bradley. They're losing Jay Crowder. Those are their two best defensive players. The next best, Marcus Smart, obviously still there. After him, I would say the best defensive players after that probably would be either Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown, which, don't get me wrong, they're not terrible. They're not bad defenders. I would say they're average at best. But losing two big key parts of your defense in Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder is going to hurt. And especially when you look at the fact that you're adding Kyrie Irving, who is known to be a pretty bad defender. And you did add Marcus Morris, who, again, is an average defender at best. Now, I think the world of Brad Stevens. He's a great coach. I mean, he has some great schemes offensively and defensively, especially defensively. Um, and somehow he's been making this work without really being anywhere close to a good rebounding team throughout the years he's been there. But Avery Bradley, that that's like a team losing a guy like Tony Allen on defense. You don't just all of a sudden pick up the slack of a guy that good on defense. That would be like if we watch the Charlotte Hornets lose Kid Gilchrist, as we have to injury. If you watch that team's defense when he's on the floor compared to when he's off the floor for injury or whatever it may be, it is night and day. Like those guys are working so much harder because they don't have a guy that they can think in their minds, okay, he has him locked up. I only have to worry about this over here. I don't have to worry about playing help defense as much because he's such a good defender. I don't have to worry about it. That's what guys like Tony Allen, like Kid Gilchrist, like Avery Bradley, even like Andre Iguodala and Clay Thompson, 
That's what guys like those do for a team. They give you the peace of mind to say, okay, I need to just worry about my man because help defense isn't going to be needed that badly. He's got him, and I know if the player gets around him, I mean, the player just kind of deserves it, <laughs> if we're being honest. So that's what a defender like that can do for you and that's a very underrated value to have for a team because now you're playing four on four ball you're not thinking about what happens if it goes to four on five what happens if that guy gets blown by because nine times out of ten he's not so losing these kind of guys is going to be a big hit on defense they still haven't really gained rebounders either I mean we we talked about like Marcus Morris and stuff like trying to kind of remedy the rebounding issue I don't see they they also got Baines who a lot of people think will will remedy that issue I don't think it will um because Horford isn't like the guy that's gonna bang on the boards and get you a, a, a ton of boards per game Bane will get you some boards, but he's, again, not going to be the guy to dominate them. He's not going to be like a Tristan Thompson, like a DeAndre Jordan, like a, a, a even a Dwight Howard. He's not going to be that kind of guy. So there's still an issue there in rebounding, especially when you look at the fact that Crowder and Bradley were two of their top rebounders on the team. So not only were they some of the best defenders, but they were some of the best rebounders on a team who already can't rebound. So, yes, Kyrie Irving gives you a dynamic scorer, a, an all-star caliber player, uh, um, a, a superstar caliber player. But we still can't turn a blind eye to these kind of things like the defense, like the rebounding, that will take a hit from it. Overall, the Celtics needed to do something with the, all of the picks that they had. We've been waiting for the Celtics to really, you know, go get a superstar. We watched them get Gordon Hayward. We're like, all right, that's a nice start. Keyword there, start. You still weren't beating the Cavs at that point in time with Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love. You were not beating them with Isaiah, Hayward, Horford. You just weren't. There's no doubt in my mind that they, that the Cavs would take care of business in that situation. Now, you swap Isaiah for, for Kyrie Irving, things do get a little bit more interesting. However... You bolstered Cleveland's defense. Cleveland's weakest part of their game was their defense. If you recall from last season. And you gave them the point guard that outscored the one you're receiving. By almost four points per game. One who gets to the foul line twice as much. And then the rest of the stats are pretty much the same. So, really, when you take a step back and look at it, both teams are still getting pretty good out of this deal. Except, Boston 
not only, you know, yes, they receive Kyrie, but they, they, like, I'm almost canceling out this point guard swap because of how well they both played last season. So then it comes down to the fact that Cleveland gets Jay Crowder, bolsters a defense, which was the weakest part of their game. They get a guy in Zizic who, hey, they might be able to use him as a backup center. Might be able to. If not, no harm done. You can either cut him, trade him, whatever it may be. Trade him for like a second round pick, whatever. There's definitely teams that'll take him for a second round pick. Teams like Chicago, teams like Brooklyn, teams like um, uh, even Indiana, like that. The teams will take him just to try him out. And, and, this is the key and, you gave them the Brooklyn pick which will most likely be top five, definitely going to be top ten. So now, this gives Cleveland options in the future, and they get better in the present. So really, if we take a step back and look at it, you can make the argument that the Cavs won this deal. Who do I think won this deal? I think it like it's really close for me but I will go 51-49 in favor of Cleveland that's just what I that, that's just how I look at it love me hate me whatever you want to do that's what it comes down to but anyway that's it for me guys as I said before we are presented by mag x12 that is magnificent magnesium cream if you play basketball, if you work out, if you play any other sport, this cream does wonders so that your muscles are not sore the next day. It is an anti-inflammation cream. It's just You just rub it directly on any of the sore muscles that you have. The next day, you'll be feeling a whole lot better. They're running the special in August only. August only, guys. August is almost over. And you need to get a four-ounce jar of the peppermint-infused cream Use the coupon code SOCIETY, S-O-C-I-E-T-Y, and you'll get free shipping. And that's at magx12.com. That's M-A-G-X-1-2.com. And we are brought to you by Basketball Society by way of the Deepish Thoughts Podcast Network. Again, this is Alex Fishbein bringing another Atlantic Files to you. Thank you guys for for listening listening you're not watching you're listening to another one i'll be back again very very soon peace